program you just heard was pre-recorded. Stay informed. Listen to local, national, and international news. Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Friday evenings at 5.30 with Harrison Chastain, 89.5 FM, KPOO San Francisco, and on the internet at kpoo.com. This is KPOO San Francisco. The following program was pre-recorded. Good morning, everyone. This is New Bay sharing space with you. Um, at KPOO San Francisco 89.5 and on the World Wide Web at kpoo.com. This is Prison Focus Radio. I'm so happy to be here with you this morning. I hope everyone is staying safe and um, able to stay healthy during this time of this pandemic. Um, But I also want to give a big shout out to our loved ones, our community members that are behind the walls and their families, because this is an especially difficult time for them. And to keep in mind, for you, excuse me, uh, we are in this together. And I I just wanna say that um, we care about you, we are thinking about you, and please just do what you can. I know y'all take care of yourselves in there. Take care of each other. I know you do that as well. And we will be practicing that out here um, as as well. And we send lots of uh, blessings and, and love to your, your family out here as well. Um, I do want to say that I want us all to also keep in mind that there is not only social distancing and uh, uh, sheltering in place going on, but there is social isolation happening for some people, for a lot of people. And that is a completely different way of experiencing this pandemic. And so can we just um, keep in our hearts and in our thoughts people that are experiencing this social isolation um, and this social distancing and this pandemic um, in a way that is um, not as comfortable as it could be and really should be. This is a time where we really should be stepping up our care. And unfortunately, um, unfortunately, our government is not doing that. But I am seeing a lot of really beautiful work on the ground here. So I also want to give a shout out to those people on the ground, those a mutual aid um, organizations and just coming together as a people, uh, helping one another, finding that mutual aid, support, love, um, any way that people can be helping each other to get their, their needs met. It is a beautiful, beautiful thing to see. And please uplift that and participate in that in any way that you can. All right, we are going to get started this morning with some words, some beautiful, beautiful perspective from Zah, who is in Sadif right now. And he called me and I was able to record those calls. So we have two back-to-back calls that we are going to listen to. Um, I might put some music in between, but um, yeah, very, very grateful to be able to hear directly from our uh, community members behind the walls, our loved ones behind the walls. Here we go. 
One more second. Okay. Okay. All right. Fantastic. Oh, it's so good to hear. I just sent out a letter to you yesterday, and I was encouraging you to call again. So. Yes, I'm so glad you called back. I was on the phone okay. with my mom at the moment, and I couldn't okay. disconnect with her fast enough. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. It's cool. I hope everybody's okay, too. We are all good. We are all good. But I want to hear about you, Zah. Please tell me what is happening with you, what's happening inside. I want to hear what you have to say. Well, today, well, no, not today. Today is Friday, Wednesday. They issued us masks. It's on the thick cloth mask, um, two per person. And starting, I think, Monday, they, they're supposed to be requiring that everybody wear their mask. I wear it now. Me and several other people wear it now, um, especially when I'm at work, because by me working in the kitchen, I want to try to do as less as I possibly can around food that everybody else has to eat. So I wear the mask in particular for that purpose right there and stuff. Um, um, they are making an effort to try to create this environment where social distancing, um, that, that requirement has been implemented, but it's extremely challenging in the dorm. Like over the last um, couple of days, there's been about 70 people that have been transferred from here to California City um, State Prison. Um, and they've been making several moves in the building because um, the way the dorm here is set up is three sections, A, B, and C sections, separated by a gate. And it's three cubicles on the top tier and the bottom tier, A, B, and C section. It's typically like eight, maybe nine, sometimes even 11-man cubicles in, in those sections right there. But what they've actually did now is they're reducing those numbers. Initially, they said they wanted to reduce their numbers to seven people. Um, all of the seven people would have been on the lower bunks. And the problem with that in social distancing is that the bunks only sit no more than one feet, maybe uh, two feet away from each other. So there is no way to uh, create the kind of social distancing um, that you'd like to see as a result of um, the close proximity that the beds sit with each other. But right. um, from what we understand, um, they change that pot, they change that, and they leave it there's at least eight people in the pod now. Um, again, the challenge in a dorm setting is that, you know, it's almost impossible to accomplish something like that right there unless you get the numbers down by maybe making them come to um, the cubicles four-person cubicles. That way, it's at least one bed separating um, prisoners from each other. And that's, that will create some distance between you and the prisoner next to you and stuff. Um, there is supposed to be another yard opening up. From what we've been told, another yard is opening up, and they're supposed to be putting um, prisoners from this yard and, I guess, other prisoners on that yard when it empties. The real disappointing part is is that some of this perhaps could have been avoided. What used to be the shoe here at Corcoran was converted to a level two facility about a week ago, completed. And initially, they were supposed to be making that a, a regular level two mainline yard for guys like us that are not classified as S&Ys and stuff like that. 
But instead, what they did was they sent all the SMIs over to that yard. That's sale living. They got sales and stuff like that, like up in Pelican Bay. And it was really disappointing because um, this is just part of what we believe is, an, is a deliberate effort to really limit the number of um, lower-level prisons that regular programming prisoners can be housed in. Now there's only five prisons um, that we could be actually housed in. And what this can mean is an even greater limited amount of programming for prisoners that do, in fact, want to program. They simply want to program in a way that makes it possible for them to retain their integrity and their dignity. And in, in all honesty, SMIs don't want to be housed with nobody but SMIs either, for whatever their reasons are. So, you know, um, it is disappointing because um, part of the problem with this whole programming thing, aside from people being hurt, and that's the biggest um, thing, like um, it's a real scant amount of resources that's being provided to prisons like this, where regular main lines exist for lower-level prisons, all of the resources seem to be being directed to those lower-level prisons that are 50-50 yards or SNY yards, which means that um, for all intents and purposes, guys on these yards like this are considered to be program failures, and that's a real contradiction because a number of guys on this yard have a whole host of chronos that, you know, you know um, support the position that they um, they've programmed, they've um, been involved in whatever programs they can be. They've got certificates in those programs. They would like to program. They want to program, well, but the, the programs just aren't available for guys like that in prisons like this right here. And that's part of the consequence of the CDC um, creating these um, low-level... This call and your telephone number will be monitored and recorded. But giving all the lower-level prisons to SMI, as opposed to um, regular mainline prisons like those of us who are classified here, is um, there is a concern naturally, um, anxieties about um, the virus itself. Um, most of that anxiety, I think, has more to do with if you do catch that virus, what kind of quality care would you be provided, like in places in, in prison. Um, right. A lot of the guys, this is a medical facility, a lot of guys in wheelchairs, canes, and things like that right there, and the vast majority of them complain and have legitimate complaints about the lack of qualitative care that they get for whatever their medical conditions is right now. So, you know, the anxiety comes in even more so um, if um, somehow the prison is um, infected, this yard, if it's infected with the virus. Um, along with what they're already going through medically, um, how would that impact um, the already existing conditions that they got with the virus? Um, and people just don't um, believe that they would be given the kind of quality care um, that they should be given as a result of that right there. And there's legitimate um, concerns to that, to that point right there. It sounds like there is, because you started off by saying, Za, that you just now got masks. Right, exactly, yeah. I, they I mean, right, right. Um, I mean yeah. uh, and do I understand that you, okay, so the other part is I wanted to say, or I wanted to ask you 
about yeah. the movement of these of these yards and so resources are going to this and why yards being taken oh, okay. from general popul yeah. um general population mainline. Um right. and so you're kind of being punished for again, there's that punishment yeah. for not right. being able to program. Does that also have right. anything to do with the 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 way that they're relocating people around the prisons and around the different yards, that's causing that as well? Yeah, I'm certain that there is some anxiety, anxiety, I'm sorry, um, because everybody had anticipated that the regular lower-level prisoners would, in fact, be given another yard. And another yard could mean expanded programming, programming opportunities, and all that literally translates into the people people's minds of um, the ability to be able to go home. Right. And when those opportunities are taken away, and they are taken away, there's a, a very limited amount of program as it is. Mm -hmm. But um, when you see that when you see these mainline yards going to S and Ys, as opposed to um, the yards being, you know, shared. That is, um, like. This is one of the largest prisons, if not the largest prison in the CDC. Like, there's enough room in this prison. There are, at this point right now, there are only two regular mainline yards inside F, like the A yard and the C yard. I mean, I'm sorry, the B yard and the C yard are the only two non-SMY yards on this entire um, prison right here. And I think it's only one over there on the um, on the old corporate side. So at least 90% of this prison seems to be S and Y, at least. And you know, again, this typically translates off into the psychology of people as meaning um, a limited amount of program opportunities for those of us who want to program, because that that, that does translate into the, the possibility, increase the possibilities of um, going home and stuff. So I, I would definitely say that a lot of the, some of the anxiety anyway is that's a factor in um, the level of anxiety that people are experiencing right now and stuff. Wow, that's so interesting. Um, I I really appreciate you saying that because um, it, it, you're talking about the the psychological anxiety right, yeah, as exactly. opposed to the the anxiety of actually catching the virus. Right. Exactly. Yeah, and I also the psychological. Wow, wow. So before you got these masks, oh, okay. Well, um, sorry, that's. I wanted to find out. Um, am I understanding that there are cases of um, that in that in your facility, um, there have been uh, people tested positive, and who is that, and are you able yeah, to keep yourself safe from that? Do you feel like? As, as, as we understand it, there was two people on, one or two people in SATF and four people in Corcoran. Um, um, what we do is, you know, we wash our hands. And, you know, I, I, don't, I wash my hands maybe 40 to 50 times a day, seem like. Um, so, <laughs> you know, we, we do everything that we are required to do. Most mm -hmm. of the information that we get is from you all and from the news. We don't get a lot of them. There are memos posted in different spots and stuff like that right there. But initially, most of the information that we was getting was from outside the prison. And again, you have people, you have people from the start walking around with bandanas, uh, washing our hands. I work in the kitchen, so they provide us with the latex rubber gloves, um, mm -hmm. doing our work hours and stuff, 
Um, and sometimes we might get an extra pair to bring back with us and stuff like that there. Um, but it's, it's other than the basic things that the national and international medical community has said, um, these are preventive measures that should be taken that have the best chance to prevent being affected by the virus. People are really conscious of that on this yard, and they do everything that they can do. Um, the porters inside the housing units are provided with cleaning materials like disinfect, so they hit the tables as often as possible. Um, as guys walking around wiping off the telephone to disinfect, things like that right there. The porters clean the showers up two or three times a day. The porters in this section actually get up at about 3 o'clock in the morning to start cleaning the showers for the first time, you know, the first time that day. Okay. So, this call and your telephone number will be monitored and recorded. Those are things that, I mean, uh, we are taking the initiative to do. And um, the administration is making an effort to provide us with some of the, well, whatever the materials are that are available, like disinfect, rags, clean mops, things like that right there in the housing units. There is an effort being made to provide guys with those materials right there. Um, so, but again, part of the contradiction is you in the dorm. Exactly. So, we have 60 seconds remaining. I knew that was going to happen. I know. Okay, so listen, uh, we can definitely do this again, but we have one minute. Okay. Tell what would you okay. like to end with to let the people know? I, I, I would just like to end with it by saying, you know, like, we we like to thank you in particular and the efforts that you all are making to actually watch out for us, support us, and we wish y'all every day because we know y'all would y'all you all are with us. We love you all, and anything worth loving is worth fighting for. And that's how I'd like to end it right there. Okay, thank you so much, Zah, and we will definitely check in again. Thank you. Continue okay, to take I'll care of yourself. Okay. For sure, and I'll, I'll try to call soon. You take care of yourself, and I'm, I'm sending all kinds of hugs and stuff. Take it easy. Yes, yes, I'll see you too. Okay. Okay, sis. Bye bye. Okay. All right. Bye bye. All right. Go ahead, Zah. Okay. Uh, one of the things, I had talked to a couple of guys here, and it had actually slipped my mind, you know, and they shouldn't have. Um, it's at least two or three guys here that spoke to me, and they have actually lost loved ones and family members um, to, uh, to the uh, coronavirus. Oh, um, sorry to hear that. The last couple of weeks. Exactly. And I'm going to relay that to them, too. Just, this has just been over the last couple of days, I think, that I found that out right there. I'm a couple of guys did explain that to me. And sometimes um, out there, we tend to not attach. The guys, you know, like people in prison have, um, you know, people that they love, people that they care about, uh, people that they like to be with, and vice versa. And I think that we, I think we have a whole lot of things in common with each other. That is people in prison and people on the streets. They're all people, first of all. And I think that what people really have in common with each other is peoplehood. Like, but the other thing that we, these are the kinds of, when things like this happen, these should be the kinds of things that actually does, like, compel us to rethink and redefine um, how we view each other, the kinds of relationships um, that we're capable of having with each other. Everybody, whether you're in prison, whether you're on the streets, 
whether you live um, in another country, um, every single person um, that's living in this moment is going through the same identical experiences as a result of this pandemic and stuff. And perhaps this is one of the things in particular that we can now, as a result, you know, should we choose to redefine um, ourselves and the relationships that we are capable of having with each other. Like my hope is, is that like from the tragedy that we are um, all are experiencing now, like we can really focus in on the things that we have in common with each other. Everybody is suffering as a result of this right here, regardless of where they at, regardless of who they are, regardless of their cultural background, the, the, the kind of music that they like listening to. Everybody is going through the same identical thing. Everybody is losing people that they love, losing people that they care about. And psychologically, in prison, I think that the vast majority of people um, can agree that one of the things that the anxieties that prisoners go through has a whole lot to do with this thinking that ultimately I'm going to be left all alone in this environment. I'm not going to have anybody that cares about me. I'm not going to have anybody that loves me. You know, and that, that was a compelling, um, I think, thing when we was all back in the shoe and stuff, being left alone. Mm -hmm. And so the, the anxiety level um, is, is, is off the chain, it's off the charts, high, in spots like this right here, because like when things like this right here happen, it, it brings home for a lot of us in here that you know, we never get closure. We never are able to lay, um, to spend, you know, any kind of quality time with people that they're no longer here. Like, my, I lost both of my parents and my sister, um, my grandson, like, all in a relatively short period of time, a couple of years. And, you know, like, when things like this right here happen, you know, like, you just wake up one day and that person is no longer in your life. And, that could be really, you know, like, I mean, hard to, hard to have, hard to deal with. And so I think that, um, you know, the anxiety levels that we see taking place here at this spot right here, um, to, because of the possibilities of what, not simply the possibilities of what could happen to us, but what has actually happened to people that, who are doing time, they've lost their families, and some of their family members and loved ones as a result of this right here, and maybe the, you know, like the best medicine that we could give each other, because we are a traumatized nation and we have been traumatized almost every day of our lives, every day that we wake up, like because we haven't healed and we haven't engaged in the process um, to heal from all of the historical. This call and your telephone number will be monitored and recorded. So my hope is, is that like um, this is a shared experience that we all have, and maybe we could use something like this right here, um, you know, to realize that, you know, people that here lose loved ones and they, they grieve and they go through what they go through, and maybe that's a point that we can really, really rally around um, as it relates to this, whatever the future is, whatever the future is going to be, maybe that's a point that we can rally around um, these are the kind of things that we have in common with each other. And out of tragedies like that right there, if we could redefine 
kind of relationships that we have with each other and even want to have with each other, then out of this, this tragedy would have genuinely counted for something significant, something profound, I mean, something, you know, really gorgeous. If we could come out of this right here with a greater sense of um, citizenship for each other and stuff. And that's one of the things, that's, that's what I wanted to, to try to express um, and um, extension of what it was that we were talking about yesterday. That is so beautiful, though. I, I mean, I... I appreciate that. And I appreciate what that. I, oh, and I... We appreciate you, too, and I will say we, on behalf of everyone who is listening to this, Yes. I, I hear you talking about shared humanity, Ubuntu. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And um, that's something that, uh, that word, the shared humanity, Ubuntu, is something that um, has been shared with me a lot as of late. Wow. And I really appreciate you uh, sharing that with us. And I agree with you. That oh, and, and I appreciate you, too. And... The, the, the work that each one, each one of you are doing and stuff, it's good work. It's great work. It really is. But, you know, that, that's it right there because I can in turn say the same and we can say the same, right? I mean, this is where, this is the connect that needs to happen, right? Because exactly. that you and what all of you are doing in there and the, and the fears and the, um, <clears throat> the disappointments, that you're feeling and the losses that you're feeling are no different than exactly. what we're going through out here. And we need to remember that, like you said, we are, we are in relation. We have to stay connected and just thank you so much. Um, you talked, you did mention that yesterday about the, the psychological effect and that's, I mean, you're also talking about losing people. How many, you are human beings. You are people that have your, your fathers and, and uncles and brothers and sons, and you have family attached to you, just like we do out here. And so, yeah, so fighting for that, that uplifting of the humanity in each of us, I think, is so important. And you did talk about that, the, the psychological aspects to not only of that, but what it means for the just the movements that are taking place inside as well and um if you wanted to to talk about also that um you know what it means to have this virus inside the prison and how that affects your how your freedom looks um, like, honestly, like, I really do try, my, 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 my real motivation, um, I don't have bad days. I might have days that, that, that are not as good as the next day, but after the journey that, um, we've all been on, I try to think of times of not having bad days, and I've made a real conscious decision, um, and a lot of my that decision has everything to do with the inspiration that I get from people like you, Sharon, and others, Steve, and people like this right here. Mm -hmm. So I've genuinely committed myself to to the work that like that we are all engaging in, 
that's actually what I'm committed to right there. Mm -hmm. And, like, so, you know, it, it's kind of like, 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 this, this, like, it's, I take this virus really seriously. I, I really do. But as it relates to, like, if, 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 if something was to happen to me, like, what I'm really trying to do is to simply live as qualitative uh, a life as I can, like, right now. And if I could do that right here, then whenever that time comes, should it come, you know, should it come anytime soon, when it comes, if I could just, you know, like, be satisfied with the kind of qualitative life that I've lived up. This call and your telephone number will be monitored and recorded. I'm okay. I'm, 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 I'm really, I'm really accepted it accepted that reality right there. Um, as, as much as I think something positive is going to happen with it for me, even on my case, like mm -hmm. I have taken a position that if it doesn't, the most important thing for me is to simply try to live as qualitative a life as I possibly can. I could do that in here or out there. And I would, I, of course, I'd much rather do it out there, you know, with you all. But I could actually live a qualitative life wherever it is that I'm at. And for me, that's, that's honestly, at this point in my life, um, that's really the most important thing. My mother, um, about a week before my mother passed away, my mother said to me, you're my son and I love you. That was the first time in my entire life that my mother has ever said that to me. So I think that, you know, like, I think even in my mother's last day, she, she did a lot of reflecting, a lot of self-reflecting and stuff. And she also told me that my father said that he was sorry he couldn't wait up for me and stuff, you know, because he passed away um, even before I got out to, but um, a couple of months before I got out to show. So, you know, it's like, for me, you know, with, with a lot of that right there in mind, for me, it's just all about just trying to live as qualitative a life as I possibly can. Um, I'm gonna make mistakes. Uh, I'm gonna get it wrong. It's a, it's a lot of things that's gonna happen. But as, as long as, and I think that connecting and meeting people like you have made it really, really possible. Um, easy even to um, stay true to that script right there, um, living a qualitative life, because you and others really are ethical, principled uh, people. And you have 60 seconds remaining. I've been waiting for a really long time to meet people like you all. And now that I have, you know, it's just about me trying to stay true to that journey right there. That's really all I'm concerned with right there. And I, I thank you again, and I hope everyone that will hear this will take those words of, of wisdom. And that's beautiful living. We should all be following that. We, that we should all be following that, right? Welcome back. If you are just tuning in, 
This is Prison Focus Radio on KPOO San Francisco 89.5 and also on the World Wide Web at kpoo.com. If you have been listening, just want you to know that Zah is one of the loveliest people that I know. And heartbreakingly, he is surfing a life without parole sentence. I would like to read an introduction that he wrote um, in preparation for reading an essay uh, that I did some many months back from the book Six by Ten Stories from Solitary. Zaz spent decades in solitary confinement. Um, I encourage you to uh, get and read this these essays in this book, again, six by 10, Stories from Solitary. Uh, Zah wrote a piece in there. Um, he is number 13 in that. And here is the introduction that he wrote. Greetings. I have been out of solitary confinement now for three years and two months. I was moved to the level two yard here at CSP Solano in September, 2018. I am continuing on the journey to heal, but the journey can be challenging because healing must occur in healthy environments and prisons like the larger society remain unhealthy. And because the nation is so saturated with hate, creating a healthy space for collective healing is what I believe must occur. I cannot heal, become whole, unless we do so together. Can women heal from the centuries old nonstop assault on their humanity as long as patriarchal, authoritarian, sexist, misogynistic hate exists? We must create collective healthy spaces for each other because we cannot fight from unhealthy spaces. Fighting from unhealthy spaces can cause us to become just like those that oppress us and deny us our humanity. Healing for me must mean that when I look at you, whoever you are, I will see a reflection of myself without my many flaws, of course. Smile. Thank you for the privilege of engaging with you. I love you. I appreciate you. I respect you, your brother, Zah. And he is no longer at CSP Solano. He has been moved to CSATF. And if you would like to write to him, you will write to Michael Reed Doro. That's Michael Reed, R-E-E-D, Doro, D-O-R-R-O-U-G-H. His CDC number is D. 83611, P.O. Box 5248, SATF, that's capital S-A-T-F, level 2, at B3-6-4L, Corcoran, California, 93212. And now I'd like to read a piece uh, that my loved one, who is... um, caged at USP Pollock in Louisiana. He will be coming home soon here to San Francisco, where he will become the editor of the San Francisco Bayview National Black Newspaper. Um, Until then, I am going to read a piece that he wrote uh, that he included me on. Bomani Shakur's Life Matters by Comrade Malik and Nube Brown, Liberate the Caged Voices. It starts with a quote. Leadership does not mean domination. The world is always supplied with people who wish to rule and dominate others. The true leader is of a different sort. 
He seeks effective activity, which is a truly beneficent purpose. He inspires others to follow in his wake and holding aloft the torch of wisdom, leads the way for society to realize its genuinely great aspirations." Unquote. An excerpt from The Wise Mind of Him, H-I-M, Emperor Haile Selassie One, Chapter 10, Leadership. Bomani Shakur, Keith Lamar, is an intelligent and compassionate black man who has been sentenced to death in the state of Ohio. The state of Ohio falsely accused Bomani of murder in 1993 this was in connection to the events that transpired during the Lucasville prison uprisings. There was no physical evidence, nor was there any forensic evidence that connected Bomani to the crime of murder. Nevertheless, an all-white jury, a white judge, and a large crowd of bigoted white bystanders subjected Bomani to a modern-day lynching inside a courtroom in rural Ohio. In the year of 2020, an army of young, white, black, Asian, Arab, Latinx, and First Nation activists have teamed up with us and many others in order to save the life of Bomani Shakur. Bomani Shakur's life matters. Murdering black men has become a favorite pastime for the authorities in states such as Ohio, Texas, Georgia, and Alabama. We hear politicians like Kamala Harris and Cory Booker telling everyone that Joe Biden is the presidential candidate for all the people. Okay. If that is true, then we say to Joe Biden, show us some love. Advocate for the life of Bomani Shakur. Bomani Shakur's life matters. Nevertheless, our confidence and hopes do not rest with politicians who continue to mislead us with false promises of hope and change. Our confidence and our hopes rest with the people. Power to the people. In the month of April 2020, we strongly encourage all human beings to support our solidarity actions, which seek to save and celebrate the life of this remarkable black man known as Bomani Shakur. Bomani Shakur's life matters. We implore you to join activists and freedom fighters of all races and genders all across the United States and Europe. Join us as we demand that the state of Ohio halt its pursuit of the death penalty against another innocent black man here in America. Bomani Shakur's life matters. His life is worth saving. This movement seeks to promote prisoners' human rights, end prison slavery in America, liberate the caged voices. Incarcerated workers never give up. Dare to struggle. Dare to win. All power to the people. Peace and blessings, sisters and brothers. My name is Keith Malik Washington, and I am the assistant editor for the San Francisco Bayview National Black Newspaper. Recently, we were informed that respected filmmaker and community activist Kevin Epps had contracted COVID-19. Kevin Epps is family to all of us at the Bayview. We love him and we respect him. I want to ask all of you to come together collectively in order to pray for Kevin's speedy recovery from this deadly coronavirus, which has stricken so many in the black community. And now, I have a special message of inspiration to share with Kevin Epps and all of y'all throughout the United States. Lean on me when you're not strong, and I'll be your friend. I'll help you carry on, oh, it won't be long till I'm gonna need somebody to lean on. Just talk on the brother when you need a hand. 
is our show for the day thank you again for sharing space with me this morning and yes always keep a song in your heart um, uplift your humanity with the humanity of those that you come across knowing that we can only do this together we have to care for one another I hope you really were moved by the heart and wisdom of the voices that you heard today. And we will see you next week. Oh, I want to invite you please to go to um, California Prison Focus, our website at prisons.org. Please check out our, our blog, check out our action page, check out resources, um, the archives for earlier newspapers, the Prison Focus newspaper. Again, go to prisons.org. And if you want to reach out to me, I would love to hear from you. Uh, you can reach me at uh, nube at prisons.org. Also, I want to invite you to look at our uh, look at um, the Cage Universal YouTube page. Uh, we've got Minister King really working up some beautiful, uh, fantastic, revolutionary uh, music there and videos. So please check out that page, Cage Universal YouTube. And uh, I think that's it. We now will have uh, Steve Seltzer with Work Week coming up next. I will see you next week. Please stay healthy. Please stay strong. And always act in the spirit of Ubuntu, shared humanity. Yeah.
somebody else's crime. Hate.
program you just heard was pre-recorded. Everyone knows where they can find KPOO on the radio dial, 89.5 FM. But did you know you can listen to us worldwide by streaming us at KPOO.com? And now with the free tune-in app available for most smartphones, you can take KPOO anywhere you go as long as you have a mobile device. Now there is no excuse for not keeping it locked in your favorite Bay Area radio station, 89.5 FM, KPOO. KPOO.